Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. Who are you? Oh, who? That's a great question, Hannah. Who, who, who am, am I deep I? down? Who am I really? <laughs> deep down. I didn't forget to say who I am. You're just I having just an identity crisis. Exactly. Um, my, my name apparently is Charlie. And my name, according to my birth certificate, is Hannah. And we are apparently two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book. But this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In this episode, allegedly, we're reading chapter 17 of Order and the Phoenix. Order and the Phoenix? Order of the Phoenix? and the Phoenix. It is half midnight. We have been on Skype for five and a half hours. Order in the Phoenix. <laughs> Order and the Phoenix. So grab a glass of your favourite flavoured gin and join us on this reminiscent journey. Hello. Hi. Just a little preface, the uh, 10 minute discussion we had at the beginning of the last episode, this is being recorded back to back with that. So mood wise, emotion wise, we're in the same place, but we don't need to do the entire talk again. But that is where we are. Yeah, although like I do have something that I want to say in the intro to this and I actually wanted to say in the intro of the last episode, but I think given everything that we had to say in that intro, like I didn't want it to get lost Basically, a couple of episodes ago, as you guys will know, we had a discussion about potions and whether it was a ha- whether it oh, was a yes. hard subject or not. And basically, Hannah was of the opinion that yes, it is a hard subject, and I was of the opinion that it's much like cooking. So no, it is not. You know, for me personally, a hard subject. And when I was talking about that, I specifically called out that actually, unless you have a learning disability, that it is not a hard subject. And like that was completely wrong of me in hindsight so someone very kindly pointed out that actually you know I took into consideration learning disabilities but I did not take into consideration physical disabilities and I just want to be completely upfront in saying like that is a big fuck up on my end and like I am so sorry that I did not originally take that into consideration like not to make excuses for myself like I purely mean this in terms of context but I think that as someone with a learning disability aka dyslexia I constantly see life and media and literature through the lens of as someone with a learning disability how would I want people to view this and take this into consideration to take to take into consideration my difficulties um so when I kind of look at that kind of thing I always think like as a dyslexic person how would I handle this in this situation and that is completely completely hypocritical of me then to not to take into advantage different kind of disabilities like physical disabilities like I 100% like I think that my mind always goes to learning disabilities and that is something that I need to correct in myself because of course if you have some kind of physical disability that equally makes potions as as hard as having a learning disability if not sometimes harder like I mean you know it's kind of it's not a thing that you compare compare it's completely different so I would like to you know apologize for the fact that when we had that original conversation that neither of us took that into consideration like that's that's really wrong of us and and I would like to thank the person that pointed that out to us and I and I would like to encourage like anyone listening if at any time no matter what it's relating to if we have not taken in something into consideration 
please do let us know like we we are never ever at all going to be angry and we are always willing to own up and and apologize and to make a correction like me and hannah are so incredibly aware of the privilege that we have like we are two middle class cis white women hannah's straight like we, we you know we're both able-bodied and we are not always going to get things correct that is inevitable and you know we apologize in advance and we'll apologize at the time whenever we mess up um so always do let us know when we mess up so that we can make it correct and educate ourselves and kind of issue a correction you know because it you know is going to happen we do both put a lot of effort into educating ourselves and we and we try and be as aware and critical of our own privileges as much as possible but we will fuck up so like thank you yeah. so much to the person that you know I'm, I'm not going to call them out by name just in case that makes them uncomfortable but thank you and i'm and i'm so sorry to anyone that i let down by not acknowledging all kinds of different abilities i also <laughs> on the same topic would like to just take back what i said about potions being easy because at the time i was like oh like i cook <laughs> and i never mess anything up and then the other night literally <laughs> i loved how passionate you were about this point at the time and even in the edit i was like my god yeah. Charlie's really like cooking is easy yeah, but, like cooking is easy i stand by that um with of the obvious for charlie charlie is a great cook everyone she would just i she's gonna cook me a great meal after lockdown i'm not even i'm not saying that i'm a great cook like i think i think i'm a good cook but i'm just like i can i follow instructions but like so last friday i cooked myself mac and cheese and i just had to text hannah like oh my god i just realized something I cannot cook a white sauce like I cannot like I don't know I don't know what it is I can I'm I'm here for you I'm here to teach you about the white sauce I I, like so I do have one theory because the thing is like I just I just follow the instructions my thing is I've never been let down when cooking at all just by following instructions I think because so I've never really had to cook the only thing I ever cook a white sauce for is mac and cheese to make a cheese sauce and I have only ever really like followed one recipe for that so i think the recipe i follow i'm oh. just gonna i'm just gonna blame you know when it's like the bad workman blames his tools or something i'm blaming yes. the recipe <laughs> what this has made me realize uh, uh, listening back to your edit as well what it made me realize is and i think i think what i didn't realize at the time when we were recording as well is maybe this is something to do with the fact that you know d- you have dyslexia and i <laughs> apparently (laughs) sorry i can't this is an in joke between me and charlie that feeds into the podcast with no explanation and then i sound like i'm being a dick my no but to be all serious my personal headcanon i know that you can't really have headcanons about people like i do i do from a completely unprofessional opinion however saying that i do do think that you have dyslexia or something similar i am pretty sure i do but the reason why we constantly laugh about this just to give this a tiny hint of thing is that as you guys know me and charlie once worked the same job me the year after charlie and somebody within the business got me and charlie confused and said i didn't write my emails well enough but that's okay because i have dyslexia and they understood it was difficult for me i i i do not have diagnosed dyslexia they were confusing me and charlie and it was really embarrassing because i had to be like sorry i think you're yeah. confusing but interns. like the best thing was, it, was oh that god that the person was like no 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 like i'm not like you are dyslexic and hannah you was just do. like 
no like <laughs> I, like i'm not <laughs> i was like i was like i'm very bad at spelling and sometimes read things wrong and probably have undiagnosed dyslexia but i can firmly tell you i've never told you i have dyslexia yeah anyway my point is that i realized that from like proof when i was listening in the edit i think we also like this sounds really trivial and weird but i think what i realized is we cook in very different ways because when you were saying i just follow the instructions i was like i realized that i don't i cook completely off piste i will read three different instructions cobble them all together come up with something and i'm just like here you go like i I, like i do that like i do that like i never i will never if i just want to cook something i like very rarely will just look up one recipe and follow it like very very rarely like i normally do like look up loads of things and like make an amalgamation and like i'm kind of just like i've read like a few different different recipes and like i'm gonna it's only for the very specific things like if i need a certain ratio for something and i think this is the thing with the white sauce i've always used the same ratio from the same recipe and I I think that that ratio is wrong. And maybe this is just me being stubborn yeah. or refusing to admit that I just can't do it. But every single time, my my white sauce just turns into lumps. It just does. And but to the to the extent, and I've done it so many times that I'm just like, this is the the ratio is off. I think there is too much flour in that ratio because it just. And I've watched YouTube videos of other people doing it, and it just immediately becomes like a sauce. To me, it just becomes a clump in the pan. Yeah. And I and I'm measuring this out, so I think the recipe I have is wrong. So I'm going to do a test at some point of a different. <laughs> but like basically, so to to go back, I had to text Hannah and just be like, I need to take this back because actually I follow a recipe for my white sauce and i fuck it up but i i i'm not gonna attract that yet because i do want to try a different white sauce recipe um because i refuse to believe that it's my problem i'm not gonna retract my holes i refuse to believe that i am the issue here Uh, anyway all of this all of this ties into the very weird dichotomy with this podcast and yes i did just use the word dichotomy thank you of the fact that we talk about these huge serious topics whilst drunk and by the way i am not saying that to ever excuse anything we say that is wrong that is not ever an excuse please always call us out and it is being drunk is but it's not an excuse it's just it makes me laugh that we're like hey let's talk about tough subjects like disability feminism race gender whilst three drinks down that sounds like yeah. a sensible way to like this was such up. a bad idea in hindsight <laughs> and it means that we do have conversations yeah. where i will die hard be like cooking is easy when i'm drunk and then it would be like a week later and i'm cooking and i'm just like hannah so you know what i said about cooking being easy <laughs> and i was there like no it isn't and you were like yes it is <laughs> i'm gonna die on this hill I do. hannah Okay, I'm gonna. We will report in next time. Between now and next time we will record, I will try a different recipe for white sauce, and I will tell you if I'm just an incompetent cook or not. Okay, can we move yeah, on to the other things sorry. that come at the beginning of the podcast? So, first of all, we have some shout outs for the lovely new patrons that have joined us. So, a lemon tree size so thank you to Lynn, an aromatherapy size so thank you to Arius. A supernova size thank you to Sarah. A molehill size thank you to Mark. An epidemic size thank you to Emily Jardine, who upgraded to producer level. A Charlie, as in me size thank you to Charlie. A Lucifer size thank you to Luigi, who has upgraded A their pledge. A Hannah size thank you, as in Hannah size thank you to Hannah, 
who has also upgraded. Oh my god! There's a Tommy and Hannah. Hannah in this week's readouts. <laughs> no, but then wait, 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 wait. what's coming up? A homicide. Thank you to Hummus Hannah. <laughs> There's two Hannahs and one Charlie. So um, I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're not already a patron called Charlie. Please sign up because I'm being outnumbered. A whole size thank you to Hayden. An astronomical size thank you to Alex. An enter Shikari size thank you to Emily. And a billabong size thank you to Betsy. What the fuck is a billabong? It's that brand, isn't it? That surfer brand that used to be well popular when we were like 13. We also have a couple of reviews to read out. So the first one is, I love this. I'm... 11 years old and i love this pod (laughs) i listen to it every night you should do a swearing compilation um can i just check with the 11 year old you have to ask your parents permission i'm sorry i you if you haven't you have to go ask and if they say you can't listen you can't and that's my final word on it thank you the same message goes to anyone under 14 listening thank you and goodbye that's my final word on the matter i just feel so bad because like I when we record this I'm not kidding I feel like I record this in a bubble where I actually don't think anyone is listening (laughs) yeah Um, no same I think I'm talking to you (laughs) yeah even though at this point we know that a large number of people listen we speak to them on a daily basis and we are very much aware of the fact that actually many many people do listen somehow in my brain I'm like no one listens so to hear that anyone listens is always a bit of an affront to me let alone hearing an 11 year old listens because i'm just like i immediately go back and and read the things in my brain that i've said before on this podcast that it's not appropriate for an 11 year old to hear um and i was just like a to apologize to you and also say that i am not responsible for your therapy bills in the future yeah do not bill us and ask your parents permission thank you for your review Thank you very much for your review, though. That is lovely. It is lovely. It's very sweet you listen. Again, people listening at night, um, (laughs) we're not relaxing. We're not. (laughs) The second review that we love comes from Damon Wolf. He says, I started listening on New Year's Day while hungover. Not quite the spirit of the podcast, but close enough. I'm now up to date after two months and hate that I have to wait between episodes. Charlie and Hannah are peak mid-twenties British humour. Yes. And I love listening to them rip apart and look at all the things that annoyed me as an added reader of Harry Potter. P.S. I can tell you apart. Charlie clearly sounds not straight. Yes, bisexual energy coming through in your voice. Love it. Especially because, I mean, not necessarily voice, I guess, as well, the things that I say. But like, yeah. I interpret it as voice. I interpret it that your voice is gay. (laughs) I just have a gay voice. Wow, that's very homophobic, Hannah. But like, so I I love, I I, I think that this is one of my favourite compliments we've ever had, that we are peak mid-twenties British humour, because I think that me and Hannah can agree this is everything we ever hope to be. 100%, yes. The voice of our generation. (laughs) yeah we are the voice Um, of our generation yeah but then also like uh i definitely have a complex about how gay i present myself in that i often don't think that i present myself gay at all so the fact that i sound not straight is incredible news thank you also for anyone any anyone who can't tell because again i'd like to repeat that me and charlie are friends in real life when i say her voice sounds gay i am joking and she knows i'm joking but i feel i have to say these things on the podcast (laughs) 
people are like you're you're mean to each other yeah we're friends in real life <laughs> yeah also just because between the the two reviews you said how we're not like appropriate for sleeping because we're chaotic so we recently released a bonus episode that was another behind the scenes vlog so we've done two now we did a behind the scenes vlog where we were recording together back in december when it was legal and then we did one in january that we've actually only just released kind of at the beginning of march where it was um like kind of a comparison of us recording separately and i think it's my favorite thing we've ever done just because hannah in it is so zen all of her footage because we record it completely separately and don't really discuss what we're recording with each other all of hannah's footage was just really zen and calm and the way that she was speaking was so relaxing and then all of my footage was just the most chaotic me having a breakdown um so if you are a patron or if you want to become a five dollar and out patron i would really recommend that bonus episode to watch because it was just it was us being peak us without us even be meaning to be peak us yeah and a lot of people have said they like the vlogs and we like filming them so we're going to do more anyway we also have a sponsored alcohol from this week our page our producer level patron matt requested that we drink gin and tonic which as you know is one of our favorite drinks so this was an easy one matt thank you i decided to spice it up a bit my auntie shout out to auntie joe got me these for christmas they are mini bottles of edinburgh gin distillery i have one that is rhubarb and ginger and one that is raspberry oh so, that so i'm gonna go for good. one of these which one do you think i should have first the raspberry one i unexpectedly mixed it up for this episode so recently i've been drinking a lot of gin because what else to do in lockdown than make yourself honestly even charlie's eat- drinking charlie's gin drinking has gone through the roof she keeps texting me that she's drinking gin yeah gin is known to be quite like a depressing drink yeah and like i can definitely attribute it to like i i think i don't know if you agree i think i'm an okay drunk you know how some people are always a nightmare either they get really violent when drunk or really upset when drunk or really you know whatever it is like some people go really extremely one way i'm not saying that i'm like amazing to be around when drunk but i don't think that i especially go in any one direction when drunk i don't feel free to disagree if you think that i'm especially some way when drunk no you're quite a direct person and you sometimes get a lot more direct like when you're done with an evening when you're drunk you're like i'm going home and yes. I'm like, okay, we're done then. But like, she's so direct. She's like, I want to go home. I'm like, all right, we're going home. Fine. <laughs> but like that, I feel like I'm just more me. But like that is honestly... <laughs> but Charlie's is- direct person anyway. So it's just, it's just, she just has no filter. <laughs> no. The best example of this is one night out. So I went, I it was like on a Friday night after work. This was obviously long before COVID with two girls that I work with really closely and we kind of went for a drink after work this was back when i had an office that served free alcohol and it was a cr- it was amazing so we started drinking with like a couple of guys from a different company and then that turned into we then went for cocktails and we all got absolutely hammered and we went to this club i hate clubbing absolutely hate it like i've never enjoyed it and we ended up in this club and i paid god knows how much probably like 15 quid to like enter this club in like central london And then I was literally in the club for maybe like five minutes. I'm not even kidding, like five or ten minutes. And then just something clicked in me and I was just like, I want to go home. Like, I just, I just don't enjoy clubs. I'm just, I'm just not that person. And like, that's fine and that's valid. But like, I remember the girls being so shocked because I literally, we were just like dancing and stuff. And then just something clicked and I was just like, 
I'm going bye and they were like what do you mean like we've been in here five minutes you paid so much to get in here like what do you mean you're just going and I'm just like I just want to go home and I literally just left (laughs) I think that's the energy we all need to be bringing because I have dragged myself through hours of club nights because I'm like I've paid to get in don't want to let people down and then I don't enjoy the whole thing and I'm like just go home Hannah it's not worth the money if you're going to enjoy it less than being at home don't get me wrong normally when i leave there has been like at least an hour of me mentally torturing my torturing myself that i want to leave and then something will just snap and i'm like i'm going by <laughs> i'm going leave. now why <laughs> so yeah but like i don't think like do you know what i mean like some people you go out with and they'll be in hysterics every single night when they get drunk or they'll yes. be like trying to start fights every night when they get drunk like do you know yes. what I mean? Like some people are just like that. And sometimes it depends what like certain people have certain reactions to different kinds of alcohol. But like, I don't think that I'm ever someone that gets particularly like a certain way aside from when I drink gin and like all of the nights where I have had like an emotional breakdown when I'm drunk have always been on gin. So for some reason, like this lockdown, I've been like, yeah, gin, gin, this is yeah, going to make it drinking worse. It. <laughs> but, so I've this will be drinking. great. Copperberg has started to do a strawberry and lime gin and like Hannah will know Copperberg strawberry and lime cider is like my favorite cider but they started to do it in gin format and so I've been drinking that a lot recently so tonight I was like obviously I'm gonna drink that I finished the bottle earlier (laughs) so what have you got instead so all of this to say what have you got yeah sorry so i have a bottle that i just happened to have and i'd actually been saving this drink together on the podcast but it doesn't really matter it's just another fruity gin so it's by the illusionist which i think no the infusionist sorry i was always called it the illusionist but it's the infusionist and i think we've drunk from them before i think they're like a uk based small batch yes and i think um strawberry lemonade gin and I love mm. strawberry lemonade. So, and I've not tried this yet. So I'm excited. So I'm gonna Let's try see the it. colour. Hold it up. It's oh, like well, look, pink. Neon. Well, thanks, Matt, for the gin and tonics. If we have enough time for two drinks, I'll move on to rhubarb and ginger. So on to chapter 17, educational decree number 24. So it's Sunday morning and Harry and Ron do homework outside while Hermione knits because they say it's like the last warm day in September. And honestly, this is it. If there are a moment where someone's like you get to transport to a moment in the harry potter books we haven't finished them all yet all the rereads but i am putting my flag in this one yes they spend the whole day outside doing homework with hermione knitting outside under a tree in the sunshine in the hogwarts grounds put me in any moment from harry potter it's this one yeah i think this is especially like i always love this moment but the past year even more like we did have a day in like literally the first of september last year me and hannah had a day we booked it off work and we worked in my garden oh, yeah. on the podcast yeah we and did i have grown such an appreciation for working outside obviously this is never anything i've been able to do before i've always worked in an office and you had those gloriously sunny days and you would stare enviously out of your window and maybe sometimes on a friday you would finish an hour early and it would be a treat because you'd get an hour more daylight and that was it and it was always really depressing and then the only good thing and we're so privileged that me and hannah have both been in the work from home situation this year but the only good thing about it is when you work from home if you do have an outdoor space you you can just go and work outdoors like and yeah. that 
has been so lucky like i'm one of the really privileged people that does have a garden in london so like if the the weather's sunny outside i can literally go sit in my garden and do some work like i have to obviously kind of use my 3g from my phone so it's not ideal but if i'm doing something quite simple like just emails i can do it and but here's the great thing about charlie is in in summer when restrictions more ease but i'm still working from home I can go on over on a Friday afternoon and work from home from her garden because I don't have an outdoor space, but I have Charlie's outdoor space. (laughs) Exactly. And like, you know that you always have that standing invite, even if it's not planned. If it's just just like like, work in your garden, you're going to be doing something else and I'm just in your garden like, hello, I don't even knock on your door. I've just let myself in the back gate and then I'm like, hello. But like my gate is normally open. So I feel like one day I'm going to be at my (laughs) desk and then I'm going to be like, oh, the lesbian couple from downstairs is in the garden. And then I'm going to look and I'm going to be like, that's Hannah. It's just <laughs> Hannah. Like, she hasn't even no. texted me. She's just outside. You know no, what? Like, I crave any outdoor space. <laughs> Charlie makes a joke about, well, no, everyone makes a joke about the fact I crave outdoor space so much that I have come up with this system where I half sit on my open windowsill and like contort myself into it like it's a miniature balcony. Mm. It's not. It's just a window. And yeah. I crack the window all the way open and sit half out of it like those dangerous things where you're like that person could roll out that window that's me to try to get into outdoor space <laughs> yeah but like genuinely like ge- like genuinely i'm saying this outside of the podcast like you know that it takes you like 25 minutes to get here like no matter what oh, no, day i the fully week- plan in summer fridays to travel over to you at lunchtime then work for the afternoon in your garden that's yeah. just my plan but even not fridays like genuinely anytime if the weather is glorious and you want to work outside like just come over like just come like it's fine taking like a serious meeting then agnes is like hannah where are you and i'm like where are you agnes (laughs) anyway just the love of working outdoors and this moment is just it's also just really nice in the book to get glimmers of the the trio doing things that do not center around saving someone's life saving the world something to do with voldemort it's really nice to get these glimmers of normal school life so honestly I just found this moment beautiful. It's a really lovely moment. So then it's a Monday and a notice appears in the common room that all groups, clubs, everything like that is disbanded and can only be reformed with Umbridge's permission. So she heard, like she heard about their meeting in the Hogshead. There is no, there is no denying this. And they're like, oh, did like someone say something or like what? Like their, their thought immediately goes to like, did someone say something? Yeah, they think that someone tattled. So Harry and Ron want to go tell Hermione because they don't know what to do in this situation. They think Hermione will. But so they run off to her dormitory because she isn't downstairs yet. And as they climb the stairs to the girl's dormitory, a klaxon goes off and the stairs turn into a slide. And I have like, super mixed feelings about this because on one hand I used to find it hilarious when I was a kid on the second hand if I'm gonna have a second hand it's very gender normative like people with penises can't go up these stairs but what about other people no we split it into two things there are people with the penis and people without the penis but on the third hand I kind of it's based on this like old-fashioned rule that men aren't as trustworthy and my mood at the moment is like yeah fucking yeah have a fucking and turn it into a fucking slide and let them slide the fuck down yeah. and go up there <laughs> i think like this is the, this is the distinction it's like is this based on biological sex or is this based on gender identi- identity yes, i think that's all i want to know <laughs> yeah i think like knowing jk rowling i think that we can guess what the answer would be it's less 
problematic, I guess, if it if it's based on gender identity. But then it's also kind of problematic. And like, yeah, like I'm in two minds about it because I'm like, on the one hand, like, yes, like women need to protect, be protected. Like if it wasn't for this, there was nothing to stop one of the men coming into the dorm room in yeah. the middle of the night. Like, and that's bad. But then on the other hand, like it should be the other way around because yeah. like... There is likewise nothing stopping one of the women coming in in the middle of the night into the dorm room. And like, that's that's also not okay. But then on the other hand, like... The third hand, as I said, we have multiple, we have so many hands. (laughs) I have forcibly grown another hand. And here it is. Like, like... The the these are teenagers, and I mean, there are there's like seventeen, eighteen year olds at Hogwarts, and and they need to be given a place to have safe sex. So if you're yes. not allowed in each other's dorm rooms, this is really problematic. And maybe it's that you only have certain hours that they're allowed in. But you know, I think like later on when Harry is dating Ginny, we get a lot of very coded moments in the text where it talks about them kind of, you know, stealing moments in like dark corners and stuff. And you're like, that's not where they should be fucking. Like, yeah, there's a lot of, this is something that has always really irritated me. And actually I very, very vividly remember this as a discussion in my family. When I had my first boyfriend, I was 17, I think. And I asked if he could stay over and my dad's initial reaction was no, but my mum's reaction was yes because my dad's initial reaction was no because if he stays over they'll be having sex but my mum's reaction was they're going to have sex whatever happens they're going to have sex do you want hannah to have sex in a house where she is safe where she knows where we are where she is in a safe space or do you want the risk factor of you know teenagers will find a place to have sex but those spaces are unsafe and also leave room for women to not feel as empowered to say no that's what happens when you're outside of safe spaces yeah so yeah and like what what at the end of the day hogwarts pupils are going to be having sex and where can they do that where are these safe spaces where they can do that like it sounds weird but these spaces need to be set up yeah (laughs) like a sex space yeah i love your mum for saying that like my first sexual encounters took place outdoors in places that they shouldn't have exactly and at times when consent wasn't given yeah and i think that had i had access to the right spaces it would have empowered me a lot more to have a lot more control over that situation yeah um 100 percent rather than like my my instinct is to say rather than getting myself into those situations where but no that's not correct but rather than being put and forced into those situations where i had a lot less power and i think that like later on because my, my dad was always like very victorian in the same he was just like no 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 like boys can't stay over and then i had a boyfriend where <laughs> fun fact we got caught together um and after that then it was a thing where i think both of my parents had to like i think my mum always would have been fine with boys staying over but my dad wouldn't have been and then i think that was a moment where especially my dad had that moment of like this is going to happen regardless um so then we were actually like given you know the option to have him stay over and kind of given our space and our privacy and like that was like amazing and but we never had that like 
I never had that in the first place. And if I had, like, I definitely would have had very different experiences in my life. But it's, it's kind of, like, really weird, the concept that, like, people at Hogwarts, like, what is their option to, like, fucking hallways? Well, I suppose the girls, or... the girls can go into the boys. The girls can go into the boys' dormitories. But then it's still, like, a shared dormitory. And also, like, that's yeah. not fair. Like, if it's going to be one way, like, it, it, it should be the other way. And, like, a shared space is like not the same and then what you left with like bathrooms is there protection over the bathrooms i guess like you have to room a requirement but a lot of people don't know about that like i i I don't know like i always like and we'll talk about it later in the time but in the next book i think it yeah it's the next book like we have a lot of talk about harry and Ginny and and their stolen moments in hallways and i'm just like no it's outside they're having a lot of sex around the lake there's a lot of sex around the lake it's Oh, it just makes me... Yeah, like, honestly, I'm really glad at the time, my mum actually had that entire conversation with me at the time as well. And I found it, like, obviously really embarrassing at the time because I was like, oh, God, you two are, like, sitting down discussing my sex life. But it was very eye-opening me. And and, and part of that is, I was about to say the privilege, but I, I didn't have very early sexual encounters. Like, I didn't have my first boyfriend and lose my virginity till I was 17, is what I'm trying to say. And they were also my first, like, major sexual encounters. And I think, you know, especially when that tends to happen a bit younger, not that there's anything wrong with that, but the younger it happens, the more likely it is that you are not in those safer spaces. Mm. But that my mum having that conversation with me was very eye-opening because I wasn't asking him to stay over with all that forethought. I just wanted him to. But it was very eye-opening to me to the fact that why it was important that those spaces are allowed even if for parents it is painful to watch their child go into this next stage of their life and I do completely understand that but safe spaces are important and Hogwarts needs a sex room that's what we're saying Hogwarts needs a sex room there's the conversation (laughs) or just like you know opening hours for the dormitories like you know like maybe it's six hours you know daylight hours of the day each other can get but like whilst they're sleeping no one no one should and no one and, should be able to get up there yeah, yeah and also like it just yeah like it it makes me really uncomfortable the idea of how is it determined what dorm room you're in is it by biological sex or 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 gender and if it's by your gender then where the fuck do anyone non-binary sleep like well this is a concept but this is also a question in general because as we've talked about before there are some things that are really reductionist about harry potter the prefix la 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 but all of this is rooted in traditional english schooling typically boarding schools which in real life do not have these spaces set up for non-binary or even transgender pupils Mm. because parents would be up in arms that someone from the boys wants to swap to the girls or vice versa because they just think they're swapping like these things that we are discussing saying they're reductionists in harry potter are real issues that trans and non-binary children face in schooling and is a constant battle when people when it's also a constant battle i was watching a very interesting video from someone who was trans that says there is no right time to come out because there is a lot of ages where you're too young don't know what you're doing and then suddenly there is an age especially for men transitioning into women 
where you are too old and it is wrong and you've lived your life too long. And they were saying there is no age where there is perfect. There is no age that is right. Like everyone will fall on one side. And I I had never thought about the fact that every age is policed and there's no line between too young and too old. Yeah. I also like, I hope it's at least a little bit different now. Like obviously it's not at all a perfect time for like anyone to transition in 2021 like we're not there yet sadly but like Mm. definitely like when we were like like 10 years ago when we were 16 like there was no one in my school that transitioned so so i went through someone transitioning between when i was 16 to 18 not i did i had a friend who did at that point it was so different the media and the talk surrounding i remember literally at the the same year that this person transitioned was the first year i'd heard or like watched a documentary about people that were transgender it was the first year i'd heard of the concept Mm. i think and this isn't to say that obviously transgender people have been through history for ages but i think the mainstream media discussion has moved a long way in 10 years not necessarily Mm. in a good way if you're looking at jk rowling in a bad way but I hope schools have come a lot further. And my school was very, very good 10 years ago for the time we were. And that isn't just coming from me. That is coming from my friend who said he was surprised by how well the school reacted. But I hope schools have moved a lot further from where what I witnessed 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I, I my school was amazing in, like, a lot of ways. But, like, I can't speak to how they would have been with anyone transgender because i just that there was no evidence to it like at this time like there there wasn't this open discord around like gender like there there just wasn't like it wasn't as like as significant a topic and i think partly because the internet wasn't where it where it is now yeah and like I, i don't know how my school would have reacted i know that my only experience as a teen of even hearing about anyone transgender was that my god sister one of her friends was transitioning i kind of heard about that and i had absolutely no context on that like no no reading no no anything and and my kind of reaction at the time was like well that's fine that's none of my business like do you know what i mean like there was there was nothing and and i'm sure for schools as well it's difficult because if there if there's not a huge amount of conversation around it i'm sure that, that there's people that just wouldn't know how to react to that yeah like i i definitely think that my high school wasn't set up at all that if there had been anyone like we were still very much like if you were a girl like you literally like you had to play netball and i'm not talking as if there was the expectations i'm talking as in literally like the girls were forced to take dancing and netball and the boys were forced to take football and rugby oh yeah i played netball and hockey whilst the boys played football and rugby yeah like and and like literally like people petitioned because like for instance in my case like i was one of the girls saying i want to play football and rugby i do not want to dance and i do not understand the rules of netball however i don't mind getting violent i quite like getting hit like i i will play rugby that's fine it wasn't just like it was every sport so we played and also when we played netball the boys played basketball when we played rounders the boys played softball like every single sport you can think of they were like have a different one for the boys and for rugby it was oh but rugby is dangerous for girls we might hurt your wombs that's not a joke it's literally what my school said i've just said my school was good yeah with 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 the transitioning of my friend and like 
it was it it was as far as I can remember in that specific case. But like English schools in general are just so ridiculous yeah. about things. Yeah. Ours were like you did two sports in a year, and it was either like football and rugby or dance and netball. But like we had a, a had a guy that was like a professional dancer, and he asked the school. He was like, "I am a profess mm. professional dancer. Let me take dance and netball." And they said no. Oh my god! Like it was it was awful and like most of the girls i knew would rather have played football and rugby we were all asking to do football and rugby and they just were like yep. just like oh no like you're a girl no that's so not like, the way it's done you do this like it was horrendous I, I don't think schools have moved as far as we think they do i think that is still very much a common thing i real i've just realized we're speculating about the status of schools at the moment whilst also um telling 11 year old listeners that they should ask their parents permission so like if anyone is like 16 to 18 who listens to this podcast is in a uk or us school tell us how it is at the moment tell us how it yeah. actually is because no, we're not speculating saying, no but i'm not saying that like it's good now like i'm i'm like I'm sure that without a doubt like it's not good now at all however like yeah when we were in school 10 years ago there was there was no conversation there was no like you know to understand transgender topics like you would have to go like kind of I don't want to say deep into the internet but like you would have to like really really seek it out whereas uh, I feel like nowadays like that information finds you in a certain way like there is such a massive conversation about it so even in terms of your peers having more understanding of like transgender issues there's a lot more of that now and then in terms of the teachers also being able to get access to that that those resources like I'm just sure it was better than we are now that's not to say that it was good that it that it is good at all but i'm just saying that like it has to at least in the uk obviously we can only talk about the uk like there is more awareness of it now like i i know so much about the struggles that transgender people face now and i knew nothing when i was 16 and that and that's not even to do with me becoming an adult that's just to do with the fact that like the information is there now like when we were kind of in our like early to mid-teens like the internet was still working itself out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not to sound really old. (laughs) Anyway, all that to say, we hope the stairs look at your gender identity and not what is beneath your trousers or skirt. That is the entire point of this conversation. So then, (laughs) just a rant about something else, when Hermione finally comes down the motherfucking slide, she's like, I curse the piece of paper. We've talked about the curse on the piece of paper, but she says... Also, sorry, just a comment on the whole stairs and slide thing. (laughs) That's not very accessible. (laughs) like <laughs> neither if, stairs Hogwarts is not no 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 but that's why building. I said stairs and slide like if if the only way up is stairs that that raises a lot of questions as does suddenly being forced to take a slide down like neither of those things are accessible to people do you know what I mean it's like is is there like is is there no alternative like what what is the preparation no. here like no just no Just, alternative. Okay. You take the stairs. If a boy comes, you have to get the slide. If if neither of those work for for you, then just sleep on the sofa. That's not okay. Well, I love the fact that like Hogwarts is like, we're a magic school, but stairs. So when Professor Moody comes along, who is a disabled character, climb the stairs, Moody. We don't know about magical elevators, even though that seems like an easy thing we could install because it's magic yeah. and that would help you. No, climb the motherfucking stairs. What if a child's in a wheelchair? 
we don't know because the text doesn't tell us so fuck that so in minecraft you can make like elevators where you're basically getting into like a like pool of water that will spurt you (sighs) up and down but i don't want to get wet every time it it it's a computer game hannah but like i i like that idea that you just step into something you just like whiz up like it, it it's not like a traditional elevator you just step into like and you just ooh. it's like oh my god like you know those ele- elevators where it's like the old-fashioned ones where it literally just keeps going around and over the top do you oh, know yeah. what i mean those ones yeah. where it's literally like enough for one person and it will go all the way up to the top and then just all, go all the way down again. Oh, they just, I want to go in one of them. That's like my life dream to go into one of those elevators. Is that weird? No. Uh, <laughs> more description of accessibility for different pupils, please. Yeah. So yeah, Hermione comes down the slide and she's talking about that she cursed the piece of paper explaining it. And she says, oh, don't worry, we'll be able to notice. And Ron's like, what do you mean? And she's like take it like this it'll make eloise midgen's acne look like a couple of cute freckles jk rowling leave this motherfucking girl alone what i just like i know that jk rowling before has come out and said like oh like no characters aside from like maybe one are really based on real people but i'm convinced that eloise midgen was based on someone that she fucking hated like why does she have it in for eloise midgen so much it's specifically her spots and i'm just like you have a lot of teenage readers who had acne i had acne as a teenager this isn't very nice to read this is pretty horrible we feel women feel bad enough about them and men feel bad enough about themselves already could you just fuck off baby just leave it alone so everyone tries to approach harry at breakfast and to ask if they're still going ahead with the defense and harry says yes it's still on Quidditch has been disbanded. Umbridge is not really answering about the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Harry then goes to History of Magic and Hedwig appears in the window and she's hurt. Yeah. Bins I, doesn't I, notice I, Harry open a window and I'm like, He's okay. that dead. He is he's that, that level dead. of dead. I also, I wrote that someone had roughed Hedwig up. I like to think that that's the, that that's an accurate representation. Mm. I wrote she doesn't deserve this and then I wrote that I love that she went to find Harry straight away because she'd been attacked but also like I bet Hedwig put up a fight like Hedwig was was not going to take that lying down like Hedwig maybe like maybe they didn't even mean to injure Hedwig like they were just trying to take her and they were thinking that Hedwig would just be like Okay. And just like and was go like, along with it, and then Hedwig was like, "You motherfucker!" And Fuckers, such... watch me do yeah. this, <laughs> and put up such a fight that she got injured in the process. Because, like, I'm sure if she had just like gone along with it, like she wouldn't have gotten injured. This is obviously, guys, this is not me <laughs> victim blaming Hedwig, but like, you know what I mean? Like, she would have not taken this lying down. Like, she would have beaten the fuck out of Umbridge. Like, I would have no quite like to... Harry's letters. Yeah, like Harry. I would have loved to see like a follow up in like the next chapter of like a mention of Umbridge or Filch, uh, Filch, like with like peck marks (laughs) just like in their face. (laughs) I it's now my head cannon. (laughs) So Harry sneaks out of class to find Grubbly Plank. Grubbly Plank is in the staff room. She comes out (laughs) and she has a pipe. and a monocle and jk rowling really said i'm not gonna specifically say that any gay characters are in my book but here's me coding the most lesbian character i can think of like 
fuck you jk rowling for not actually saying that anyone is queer or not when you're just like i'm gonna use all this coding la 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 i love yeah it's almost like she she might as well have written like and then grubby plank came out in a plaid shirt with a pixie cut and you're just like fuck off (laughs) yeah fuck (laughs) off like either say it or don't say it don't try and rely on stereotypes but also you know we you all know that we love grubbly plank i just think she's great and everyone should leave her alone everyone tries to say she's a bad character just because she's hagrid's replacement when she's doing stuff she's great leave her alone she is an important part of the hogwarts lesbian thruple yes which is sprout hooch and grubbly plank yes that's the thruple yeah Mm -hmm. great they have a cottage They grow a lot of vegetables. Hermione warns Harry that communication is being watched. And all of this is because there is a note from Sirius tied to Hedwig's leg, which says, like, same time. Same time, same place. They're then outside potions and Malfoy is either being a little bitch and makes a joke about Harry being on a special ward for people with brains addled by magic and then does a very offensive face. Yeah. Before this, he's being an ass, like boasting that the Slytherin team has been reinstated because his father has influence at the ministry. And it's like, what relevance does this have like don't get me wrong i'm sure that favoritism well no i'm not sure like i know the favoritism came a lot into the decision to reinstate teams versus not but like your quidditch team has not been reinstated because umbridge gets along with your dad your quidditch team has been reinstated by default and it's only that gryffindors wasn't out of some undue punishment like uh it's just draco being up himself and yeah and then he makes the remarks about people's brains being addled by magic and neville just goes fucking ballistic and i just love neville and people like neville only got brave in book seven i'm like fuck off that was an incredible impression of dobby somehow (laughs) (laughs) but also so yeah neville launches himself at malfoy and harry and run after restraining which like yeah like neville's been neville the whole time but also this kind of made me think about the fact that in this book and all the harry potter books but especially this book because we have this instance and then the quidditch instance which comes up in a couple of chapters but generally in harry potter there's a lot of occasions of male physical or attempted physical fights and honestly as someone who is a woman and was female in school and i don't know i i don't know how realistic this is of school aged boys but i feel like it isn't that realistic and the books are trying to normalize it as people are just like launching themselves on each other the whole time yeah like we obviously had like a lot of like disagreements and stuff but like i can't ever remember like a single fight it feels like everyone is really ready to start like punching each other like and that just like like wasn't a thing like maybe to be fair like i was such a massive loser in school that if there were any fights i definitely wouldn't have been like privy to it I think that like all of the cool kids like hung out at the f- on the field in their yeah. lunch breaks, I, and I, I hung I, out I in my I think I missed the cool. 
Yeah, same. I don't know whether I'm missing the cool kid males that were fighting. I definitely remember one, and I remember it very clearly because a teacher got involved, restrained a pupil in quite a horrible way, and then he then got suspended, but then got back into the school and did this multiple times and still works at the school and is an awful man. Yikes. Anyway. Yeah, no, there was some yikes with that teacher. We had a teacher but- that locked two female <laughs> students in a cupboard. And then he was arrested, yes? No. Uh, I hate school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just don't know whether I missed the male physical fighting in school or whether JK Rowling is like imagining men, boys, teenage boys physically want to fight each other a lot more than they do. I mean, mostly, uh, actually, all of the instances of physical fighting in the books that I can think of right now are with Malfoy. So maybe the key here is that Malfoy is just a little shit brain and I would punch Malfoy in the face. But like... I just feel like J.K. Rowling really tries to normalise this, like, that it's okay for men to resort to physical violence, is what I'm trying to get at. Like, the women never resort to physical violence. Mm. Hermione, Ginny, all the other female characters use their brains, they use magic, la la la. But the men, when they get angry and they lose their temper, resort to physical violence. And what that makes me think of is this rhetoric that men can't control themselves. They just lose their temper or Mm. are overwhelmed by sexual desire and they just see red and can't help it. And that is a disgusting and very, very unhealthy attitude to be peddling. And I feel like if it was one instance of physical fighting in the books, I'd be like, yeah, fine, whatever. But there's two instances within two chapters in this book. I remember one in the first book and there's definitely ones in between that I'm thinking of. Where yeah. they like, There's a lot of instances where the Harry is like holding Ron back from mm. punching. And it's seen as like, oh, you know, it's, it's good because this is how you solve things and no why 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 is the default for boys to punch each other yeah and it's like i know that i'm a girl but i i i don't believe in that in actuality there is that much difference between boys and girls and the way that we deal with stuff i think that is just stereotypes that it's all when gendered I, and stereotyped yeah when i get like angry with someone which is like very very rare i'm someone that like i suppress my actual anger so even when i am angry with someone it comes out in like other ways than actual like Mm. anger like to actually for me to actually get legitimately angry at someone is like very very rare but like you know those moments when you get so angry i don't know if this happens to you that like you kind of like you feel your vision shake like you kind of yes Blurry. It's only happened a few times, but it's the vision shaking yeah. and also you can't hear properly that yeah. in your ears. Yeah, literally. Like whenever I assume like, that's what she's talking about. Yeah, and like I I have had those moments, but to me, my instinct is always that I don't think that ever like resorting to like physical violence ever even occurs to me because you could punch someone and even when I'm at my most angry, irrational, like, that just doesn't feel constructive. So what, like, you punch someone, like, there doesn't, there's no, and I don't know if it's just, like, the value that I put on different things to, but to me, like, I know that I'm someone that, like, not to toot my own horn, but, like, I think that I am quite intelligent, and when I'm not several million gins down, like, I can actually have a way of, way with words, and Mm. I know that I can quite easily, like, tear someone apart with my words, and I, I don't think that I'm a weak person. I know that I'm like quite a strong person, especially considering that I do not 
do anything that should make me a strong person but I just think that I'm naturally like a quite strong person even if I don't like actually muscle work out or whatever but like I know that I can tear someone apart verbally so it would never occur to me to physically attack someone and like maybe there's something to do with gender in that but I personally don't believe that there is and I think like even now like because you could put it down to the fact that they're in Hogwarts that make it makes it le- well the fact that they're in high school that makes it less believable that they always resort to physical violence because i i don't think that when you think about how teenage boys actually are as in real teenage boys not teenage boys that you see in the media that are paid played by four 30 year olds but like actual real 15 year olds they just don't just start trying to punch each other they just throw lame insults about and but then you say that thinking about the guy friends that i have now None of my guy friends would ever just go to punch someone, ever. Like, I, you know, obviously maybe with exceptional circumstances, but, like... And maybe because it's Malfoy, all of these circumstances are... But they're not. Exceptional. They're not. They're not. Like, I'm... I'm, Like, I'm sorry, like, Draco's insults are shit. Like, we've talked about it so many times, but he's not exactly, like, particularly cutting. Like, his insults are so shit do you know what i mean like it's not i don't know but yeah i just i i just find it weird because i don't think that young teenage boys are really in the habit of like physically fighting each other like it's certainly admittedly i went to like a very like middle class school like that had a lot a lot of behavioral management in place but like i just don't think that teenage boys are in the habit of just regularly breaking out into fights and i don't even think they're grown men are unless there's like exceptional circumstances and often like booze involved like yeah if anything like i like honestly like out of all of my guy friends that i know like i to my knowledge and obviously like i don't know every moment of their life but like none of them have ever told me like in like at all about ever getting into a physical altercation however like i've been in a fight not not to my will but like like do you know what i mean like i've had women attack me men who listen to this podcast have you ever been in a fight that wasn't like started for no reason like i don't mean like a mugging or something like started between two peers essentially two of the same time like do you know what i mean hopefully you know what i mean just tell us if you've ever punched someone (laughs) yeah i think that like women can be quite vicious and i think the part of it is because like women on women in fact like not even women on women it's just like women being violent is like lessened and that it's like almost not seen as violence like you know what i mean like it's kind of looked down upon as if it's like like not a real thing so like like I've had women like in clubs and stuff try and attack me and like pull my hair and stuff because it's not seen as like violence. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's seen as just like oh, like catty. It's like cat fighting. It's like all oh, girl fighting. It's supposed to be hot. Like get them in a mud pit so they can wrestle. Like, do you know what Ooh. I mean? So it's like women feel more open about like physically attacking each other rather than men, where it's seen as this actual like dangerous thing. So I'm sure that men kind of think twice about getting in fights because it's actually seen as this real like danger and this threat. Whereas women, it seems so lesser that they would fight each other that actually kind of getting into these like cat fights is like not as big a deal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I th- I think the conclusion is we I 
I, my gut feeling is the amount of physical fights in the books is not realistic, but I could be wrong. That's yeah. my overall feeling. I mean, just going off our two like high school experiences, it, it doesn't seem realistic. No, no. So Umbridge is in the potions lesson and she asked Snake why he never got the defense against the Dark Arch job, which riles him up a bit. Then there's a break and the book explicitly says that the wind whips the brims of their hats. And a book, I don't need reminders that they're wearing hats. I don't like it. Stop <laughs> reminding me. They don't wear hats in my head. <laughs> I just like, but it, like, I, I know that times before it has said like about the whole pointed hat thing, but it's never established that this is like day to day what they're wearing. Like maybe they only wear the pointed hats for like special occasions. And so in my brain they're all just sat in classes and like some of them are wearing trilbies, some of them are wearing bowler hats, <laughs> Hold some of on. them are they wearing berets. Take the hats off in lessons because the pupil behind couldn't see yeah. over the hats. And also so like, like we're- Wearing hats indoors is rude. Yeah, take your hat off. So they're putting them on at break times. Just, I don't like it. And then like when Stop. they take them off, where do they put them? Just like on the floor next to them. Just this like big pointed hat. And then it's a castle, so it's going to be dusty. Then they've got a dusty pointed hat. Book is yeah. stupid. So then it's divination and Trelawney is very upset because she's been put on probation. And I know she's a bad teacher and she probably deserves this, but it's made me sad. The Gryffindor Quidditch team are told they can't reform yet. Then we switch to the evening. Fred and George are doing a live vomiting show, which just this is not appropriate for a mixed comedy. Ew, I don't want to see people vomit all evening. <laughs> nope. So Fred and George are kind of like showing off all their different magic and Hermione makes a remark that Fred and George only know flashy magic, nothing actually useful. And Ron kind of counters that and is like, oh, well, they've must have made like 20 gallons galleons tonight or something. But I just like this to me, like we've talked about how in this book, Hermione is just in major bitch mode like she is being like obviously i think that me and hannah should think critically about the fact that we're using the word bitch we probably should but for now i'm just gonna say that hermione is being a bitch like and likewise i would say that ron at times is also being a bitch but like i just can't get over this it's just like they're actually they they are doing something practical something vocational and they are making money from it and hermione is just like oh, well, it's not, you know, actually useful. And I'm like, it is actually useful. Like, I hate this. And it's like, we've talked about it time and time again. But like, this idea that like, unless you do something like strictly academic, because to me, the academic stuff is like, I think everything is useful. So I don't want to say that academic stuff isn't useful. Of course, it's useful. But if you're gonna like, say, like, depending on how you want to define useful, actual like vocational practical skills and knowledge is Mm. more immediately useful than academic Mm -hmm. and theoretical stuff like obviously at the end of the day everything is useful and even if it's somehow not useful if you enjoy it it absolutely doesn't matter like study Mm. and learn what you want to enjoy but i just hate this like kind of almost classist thing where Hermione is like oh like this isn't some like super prestigious academic knowledge so it's not useful and it's like not only is this useful in terms that like people are finding a use for it and that Fred and George are monetizing it but it also becomes useful in later books when the fucking Ministry of Magic themselves are commissioning Fred and George 
to produce yeah. like defense against the dark arts equipment for them and i just it just honestly what is wrong with hermione in this book i don't know i i will say like at the beginning of book six her and mrs weasley both calm down on this whole subject and i think there's even a line from hermione when she walks into the shop like oh this is actually incredible this is actually amazing but the doubt that fred and george receive from specifically hermione and mrs weasley is just really really like prejudiced and ingrained in yeah like academia being the best route and everything else being looked down on and it's just yeah it's just really not yeah and i think hermione in this book is just going through some really bad puberty like not to say that women are bad because hormones because that's reductionist but we all know that when women go through when i know when i went through certain stages of puberty i was not a very nice person it's just it's just there's a lot of things going on in your body and hermione is having that and she is not very nice at a lot of points in this book yeah so that night uh sirius appears in the fire so sirius reveals he knows about first Crookshanks tries to get in the fire because Crookshanks loves Sirius because oh my God, they loved yeah. each other in book three. So Crookshanks tries to get in the fire. I love it. The love. Anyway, yes. Anyway. <laughs> so Sirius reveals that he knows about their secret secret defense against the dark arts group. And they're like, what? How? And then he's like, you <laughs> dumb sons of bitches like, like why would why nothing <laughs> why would you meet in like a really quiet pub as opposed to one that would have been like really no- noisy and stuff and blah 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 and basically turns out that madungus was that witch in the veil um, right this raised a load of questions for me madungus was in the veil told textually confirmed sirius and molly did he just tell those two or did he tell the order if he just told those two, did those two tell the order? Therefore, basically what I'm asking is, did the order know that they had set up this group? And if they did, that means that three teachers in the school knew the whole time that this was going on, which I can't tell if that's plot holy or not, but surely they would have tried to shut it down just for more of a safety aspect, not because they didn't want it to happen. Or did Mundungus only tell Sirius and Molly and then Sirius and Molly didn't repeat it to Dumbledore or the Order because surely they would have because Molly is concerned about their safety. I am inclined to think that everyone knew. However, we have such a big deal made out of whenever Dumbledore leaves Hogwarts that part of me wonders about whether like the kind of average teacher, like are they leaving for the Order meetings? Like, is McGonagall going, like, a couple of times a month to, like, attend order meetings? Or I don't know. I would assume to think that the entire order knew, maybe. Like, I think all the teachers are kind of on the same page. Yeah, I just think that if the teachers knew, they would have tried to shut it down. Not because they Why? don't believe the pupils could be... D- because they're worried that the pupils could be pupils could be caught and expelled. Not because they, they're angry at them and happening, because they're worried about what Umbridge could do and the power Umbridge has. We know that McGonagall in this book is constantly trying to protect Harry. Like, she's like, the letters are being watched. You are being watched. You need to be careful. I, I don't know if they just, like, let this... I don't know. I, just I don't think, know. It just raised some questions for me. Yeah. I think that they must have done just because I think that 
a bunch of students forming a society called Dumbledore's Army 100% would have been at least a side note in the order meetings. So the only reason I could ever think that the teachers wouldn't know if is because they couldn't attend because they were at Hogwarts, but you think they surely just could have. And surely um, Dumbledore leads the meetings. Well, yeah, that raises the question, are the meetings of the Order of the Phoenix carrying on whilst yeah. the teachers are at Hogwarts? We don't know. They must, they must be, be, but like Umbridge is keeping an eye on everything. So yeah. I don't know. Another like random note I had. So obviously I was like listening to the audiobook for this. And when kind of Sirius is saying about how he knows and blah, blah, blah. Stephen Fry's reading of it was so angry. So angry. Like, and then it kind of says the line about how Sirius doesn't sound angry, but actually sounds impressed. And then just, just Stephen Fry's reading oh, just really? still continues to sound like really like pissed off. Oh. And I just like, and I love Stephen Fry's audiobooks, but this is the only time it's ever annoyed me because I'm like, dude, why do you sound so angry? Oh, I'm not sure I've ever listened to that passage by Stephen Fry. Like, I have listened to book one and two so heavily by him, but not so much the others. So that's weird. So Molly basically threw Sirius, warns Ron not to join the group. And basically, like, she tells them through Sirius because she's on duty. Yes. A question that I had is, like, why aren't... If, if communicating through the fires, like, as faces is possible like why is this not like a regular thing just to catch up with your parents like surely when you're like having like three months at a time like away from your parents at hogwarts if there's a way that you could just chat to their head in the fire surely that would be like standard practice if it is good possible. point there should be like a phone room with lots yeah. of fires and you go in there and talk to your parents good point why like, are letters which are slow and a one-sided form of communication even though it is two-sided because you have to write everything wait for an answer answer everything good point yeah like i, I don't get why this isn't just like a thing like people just catch up with their parents but yeah um so serious basically they're like oh so like do you think it's a bad idea and he he's like no i think it's a great idea like and he's like it's better to get expelled and be able to defend yourself than to you know be in school and not able to defend yourself but if they were expelled their wands would get taken from them <sighs> we don't know this and this is something but... i've never understood no 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 no, no 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 I so I know that we do not ever know like officially that yes if you get expelled for something that isn't you know setting a basilisk loose on the school we I I know that we don't know for a fact that you get your wand taken from you however surely you cannot have someone unqualified in magic roaming about the place with their wand just like oh i don't know how to do basic magic but i've got my wand i was expelled when i was 15 but i'm just gonna be out here doing penis and gorgio or whatever like do you know what i mean like you can't just have some random unqualified young wizard and then also like to get expelled from hogwarts bearing in mind how badly hogwarts is run you have to have done something seriously bad yeah. So surely anything bad enough to get you expelled from Hogwarts would also be bad enough to get your wand taken from you. I mean, I think this is an example of the criticism we see Hermione give in the next chapter that Sirius, although like we want Dumbledore's army to go ahead, is being reckless with the kids 
lives and there's kind of a, a comparison between him and Molly's style of parenting. Molly is saying, no, it's too dangerous. And Sirius is like, yeah, go for it. So what if you're expelled? And like, yes, in some ways, true, but he's viewing it as I want to be in school and do it with you rather than what is safest for the child I am the guardian of. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I do think that it's serious being really... I think that it's serious purposely giving like a really biased and illogical stance mm. because he he kind of wants to go along with that narrative because it does make no sense. Like, yeah, you might in theory know how to defend yourself, but you don't have a fucking wand. And let's be honest, like, you know, Fudge would look for any reason to take Harry's wand or any of yeah. Harry's close friend's wand, like any yeah. reason. Harry Khan yeah. and Ron and Hermione can't defend themselves without a... Like, it's bad logic. And definitely reading this, I I read this and was like, oh God, that would raise alarm bells for me. So I do like how in the next chapter, Hermione starts to have second thoughts because of how Sirius supported it. Because I'm like 100% like reading this, like I would have had the same reaction. And also, yeah, Umbridge is a dick, but at the end of the day, like, she's a horrible person who is making Hogwarts a horrible place to be. She's abusing her power. But Harry is still safer within those walls with that, unfortunately, abuser than he is outside of the walls because yeah. of the level of protection. Voldemort can get to him outside of the walls. The walls are literally a protective enclosure for Harry. He is safer in Hogwarts, however shit it is. And however mm-hmm. horrific Umbridge is being, very unfortunately, Harry is between a fucking rock and a even fucking hard place. It's horrible, but yeah, that is the way. So Sirius is suddenly like what's that and disappears and then like a hand is like a short and stubby unattractive hand harry looks at that hand and he's like i would not get a hand job from that hand that hand big ugly rings short stubby fingers yeah and it's like groping about in the flames trying to find serious so like they all just run off to bed which i'm like this seems illogical but at the same time if i was in that situation 100 percent, i would also just be like I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> this would be really scary. But yeah, the hand is Umbridge's and she clearly did open that letter from Hedwig and did mm-hmm. work it out. Yeah. And that is the end of the chapter. And I think we've done another one chapter episode. I know. I think we're going to have to we just on? say, we read four chapters to do these two episodes we've gotten through two chapters like i I knew this would happen i absolutely knew when i was reading the fourth chapter i was like we're not going to get to this we're not my thing always is although the next two chapters will 100 percent be one episode because they i barely have any notes on the next two i don't know about you my thing is i always have like no notes on anything like literally like (laughs) barely any notes because i'm either like i have thoughts like i kind of i write i have thoughts But then, like, if I have thoughts on something, I don't. I rarely bother writing it down. No, because I I'm don't. like, I know from my chapter notes that, like, because yeah. we do it so close to the time. I'm like, if I have a thought on this, like, I don't need to write it down. It will come to me. And yeah. then, like, a lot of the stuff that we talk about, like, comes from talking and kind of brainstorming with each other. So, like, it's nothing I would write down because it doesn't even come to me until we chat through it. So, and like, this is I, why this podcast I, is impossible to plan because we're like will we do one chapter will we do two we don't know till we're halfway through anyway we have a question to finish off and this question is from harrison and he asks 
You are given an invisibility cloak and the ability to apparate for 72 hours. There is no possible way that anything you do, whether legal or illegal, can ever be detected or traced back to you. You only get these 72 hours, then you return to normal life. I am also removing all limits on where you can apparate with no possibility of splinching. What do you do with these 72 hours? I feel that apparition with no limits on distance is more appealing to me than the invisibility cloak on this question. Like, if I had the ability to just apparate anywhere for 72 hours, I would go to Australia because normally that's a 12-hour flight and, like, takes so much time. But instead, I could be there instantly. You know what I mean? If I had an invisibility cloak and the ability to apparate for, like, three days... I would just honestly assassinate a good portion of the world's political leaders and billionaires. A bold choice. Like ge- like genuinely. Only just because like- if you assassinated them all at once, I'm worried we'd be thrown into full-on war. Whereas if you do them like spread out one at a time, it might be okay. Okay, so like, okay, so maybe by political leaders, any dictators okay and then boris johnson just for larks yeah just a load of billionaires because they're basically our political leaders without being our political leaders and i basically like obviously i think the thing is like i would obviously try and actually strategically do some research and assassinate those people that would give us the greatest chance of having like a fully like communist revolution like like definitely like people like like rupert murdoch would just be an absolute god or no question do you know what i mean yeah i did not think like this i just thought completely selfishly i was like (laughs) i'd sneak into like a theater show that's difficult to get into i'd go to like australia and like thailand i didn't think about assassinating people but i'm i'm here to do it with you i think you need the help i love how different we are and it's just like i would have such a lovely long weekend and i'm like I will kill as many people as possible until we can have a socialist revolution. (laughs) I just feel like, especially with billionaires, they're kind of like, what's that mythical thing in Greek mythology where you cut off the head and two more come out? The hedra? Is it cool? I can't remember. But I feel like billionaires are like that. If you kill one, just like two sons are going to come along and be like, I'm a billionaire now. (laughs) Then you killed the sons. No, but like... Keep going. I, I, I think the thing is like, obviously like the wealth is always going to be inherited and it, it's not like billionaires are personally working wa- working walking around with billions in cash like i know that that's like you know held in in terms of shares and whatnot that's not what i'm saying i'm not murdering them to do a robin hood and redistribute redistribute the wealth i think i think it would be about killing the right people in order to spark that that conversation and in certain Ooh. in certain cases to then like relinquish the hold that they have on the media like rupert murdoch like i don't even know if he's a billionaire surely he must be but like you know people like him is like he basically you know controls the british political landscape because he he holds the media so i think it's about like killing those people that kind of brainwash society by having a complete hold on our education and our media okay um so it, it is more about 
sparking conversation and causing social change as opposed to any kind of like actual like punishment or revenge on like individual billionaires it's more like a strategic political assassination as opposed to like revenge okay so charlie's definitely the slytherin because she's going with the murder but i thought of something (laughs) i would do i would break into all the important areas buildings rooms and get the sealed files which tell all the things that would also help with starting a social revolution oh yeah Yeah, what files are sealed in the pentagon that tell us things that we need to know of that make everything unjust what about parliament like get me those files and then I'll steal them all. And then I have enough information to start a revolution because we realise, like, society is broken because I found all these files about all the things. But, like, I think, like, the two, like, this is, like, this is why we're a good team because those two two things need to happen in tandem. Because right. when, you, when you think about, like, the amount of shit that gets released, like, all of the files that are made public and they barely make the headlines and then people forget about it the next day. And shit, like, fucking P- Prince Andrews. And then, like... No one gives no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Like because like the media is controlled, and I think this is why we need like we need me killing the people that are controlling the press and controlling the education and controlling the politicians, and then we need you releasing that information, and we need these to happen like at the same time, mm-hmm. so that the shit that you release doesn't just get buried. And this is why we're the dream team. Harrison, I'm not sure if that's the answer you were looking for. <laughs> If you want a fun answer, I'd also sneak into like the Broadway production of Hamilton that's like really difficult to get into or something. Yeah, same. Um, same, same thank same. you for your question. <laughs> yeah, that was a brilliant question. I'm sorry that we took it like really seriously. I'm sure that I would also do like loads of really fun shit. Like I would definitely like travel about a fuckload. And do you know what? Like genuinely, I'm not even saying this to be a suck up, but like I would go and visit so many of our like patrons and stuff. Like Aww. genuinely. Like I Yeah, would, you would just like, be able to like pop for five minutes and operate to a different place. Yeah. So you'd be able like, to see so many people. We could literally just go on tour and just like come have a chat with like loads of different people all over the world. Like we could go trail bait like actually wait, no, we could we're in a global pandemic, so that would be very socially irresponsible of us. <laughs> uh, can we have it when the pandemic's over? We're just anyway. like, I, I'm just like, I will assassinate a load of people. I will not travel irresponsibly. <laughs> I will wear a mask while I assassinate people. Always wear your mask, kids. Oh, I made a note and we haven't talked about it. And I meant to talk about it at the beginning, not the end, but masks leads me onto it. Charlie, we have merch. We released we? it six months ago and have not talked about it since because we're terrible at self-repping, like really terrible. We, we have, have merch? merch. It includes <laughs> one mask. The mask is great, but it also includes so many other things and you can get whatever design you like printed on whatever. I bought a, one of our designs on the on a sweatshirt. I bought the one that says goblet of wine with the alcohol bottles behind it that's printed like a, where a pocket would be. And my work colleagues can attest to the amount I wear that sweatshirt. It's an embarrassing amount, like three times a week. It's a great sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. Also, Hannah the other day like sent me either like a photo or a video. I can't remember. But she was like, I'm dressed like a dinner lady. And I was like, bitch, you're wearing on merch. <laughs> so if you too want to get the dinner lady aesthetic... <laughs> Yes, I did say that. It was more the overall outfit, but yes, I did say that. Also, all but my you're, you're notes like, to this it was episode the overall, are in this. You're like, it was the overall 
like outfit you you literally sent me like a photo of your face and your shoulders <laughs> my outfit I wasn't wearing makeup my hair wasn't <laughs> anyway we also I, I all my notes for the season are in our goblet of wine notebook I feel really for some reason it's got to the point where I feel really awkward talking about our merch I'm like no I'm really pleased and proud we designed all that and it's really fucking cool it's really Look, fucking cool, guys. We also have a sticker that says dumb bitch that can't read. And I have yep. stuck it on my Kindle because I am the queen of irony. Basically, any a lot of the designs you want, you can get them printed on anything. So if you like a design, you want it on a t-shirt, you can do that. You want it on a mug, you can do that. We made it all so you can do that. Yeah. Buy That's that. enough of uncomfortably <laughs> plugging ourselves. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Sophie, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Matalib, Matt, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Emily and Bernie. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.